Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You better believe it. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. You know, I love boxing. I love boxing. I love two men getting in the ring, or women now, and I, I, I don't mind. I love watching the women. There's some great women boxers, uh, but I love the idea of two people getting in the ring and trying to impose their one's will on the other. And uh, it's it's as much a mental game as it is physical, and I love it. Um, there's no excuses. You either get it done or you don't. And the people who cover boxing are as colorful as the as the people who box. And so I I love talking to, uh, learning about the people behind the scenes and, and Steve Farhood and L Bernstein, who I've had on the show before are two of those people who've been covering boxing forever. Um, but there's so much more to them than, than what they show you on Showtime or CBS or whatever. And I got the chance to talk to Steve Farhood and I absolutely idolize this guy and just sitting and talking with him was wonderful. And this is, my interview with Steve Farhood. Steve, you've been covering boxing either in print or on the air for over 40 years. Often, life takes us down paths we never anticipated. That is true for you in boxing, isn't it? Oh, yes, very much so, Joe. Uh, you know, I was, when I was 21 years old and, you know, fresh with a journalism degree from NYU, I was just happy to get a job. <laughs> I remember very well applying to about 150 newspapers and at the time journalism was kind of hot because of Watergate and stuff and you know I, I, I got 150 rejections so I said okay well I gotta try something new here and I said let me try magazines so I happened to get an interview with a publishing company to put out boxing and wrestling magazines it wasn't as if I had this tremendous passion to cover boxing but uh, 40 years later boy I'm sure glad I did yeah and, and we are too oh, you, you began covering boxing in I guess what I would call uh, the renaissance period of boxing, the 70s. Yeah. Uh, a time when its popularity kind of, uh, again, equaled the 30s and 40s with the names and everything. How was that time for you coming into this? Oh, it was thrilling. I mean, uh, you, you said it. It was an amazing time. You know, the 70s, if you take away Ali and the heavyweights, the 70s was not a good time for American boxing. There was a point in 19, I think it was 76, where there was one American world champion of all the champions in boxing, only one. And then I think two things changed that. I think it was the, the success of the 1976 Olympic team you know, with all those fights with Harry Cosell on ABC primetime, Sugar Ray Leonard and the Sphinxes. And then the other thing, as silly as it might sound to some, I really believe it had an effect on the popularity of boxing. That was Rocky, the movie, mm. also 1976. So you combine those two things, and then you had the emergence of Ray Leonard, 
who was critical, I think, in the in the reintroduction of boxing as a main sport. And then, you know, the four kings, Hagler, Hearns, Duran. I mean, these were great, great fighters, and uh, that certainly helped them. And, and in those days, perhaps a little different than today, those guys seemed all willing to fight each other, and they all did fight each other and gave us so many memorable moments. So yeah. it was a, the early, early 80s was a fantastic time. Yes. And, and now, I want to step back a second in... in you know, all your accomplishments, all the things you've done, being in the Hall of Fame, all the awards you've gotten. In 2001, a lot of people don't realize, that I think, that in 2001 you organized and ran an event named Counterpunch from Gleason Gym, famous Gleason's Gym, that raised over 50000 for the Twin Towers Fund. As you look back on your life a little bit, and not to say that you're close to the end, but as you look back, does that event stack up? maybe one of your greatest accomplishments? Well, it's very nice of you to point that out. And, yes, it's, it's my, I look at it as my number one accomplishment. You know, covering boxing and Hall of Fame and all that stuff is great. I love it. But boxing's entertainment. You know, when 9-11 happened, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. My wife taught in a high school that was a quarter mile from, from Ground Zero. Um, I live, I don't know, maybe two and a half miles from Ground Zero. So when that happened, as a New Yorker, I was... You know, at the same time, I was I was frustrated, I was infuriated, and I said I have to do something. So, you know, I said, well, boxing's my thing. So I got a bunch of you know old-time fighters, Jerry Cooney, Carlos Ortiz, Emil Griffith, just some of the greats, to to box each other, quote unquote, box each other. You know, in exhibitions, and we charged, you know, some money and raised raised some money. So I, I'm, I'm prouder of that than than anything else I've ever done. Yes, that was a, it was a great night. That is, and where were you? Um, were you in in New York in 9/11? Yes, I, I was. Um, it was you know early in the morning. I was sitting at my desk. I had the radio on, so I was aware of it pretty much as it happened. And of course, the first thing that I was concerned with was my wife because I knew she was so close. And they actually used the lobby of her high school, Stuyvesant High School, as a triage center. So she helped out with a lot of the firemen who came there. And um, it, it's horrible to say, but you know it's a fact. She she saw some things that some people were in psych in psychiatry for many years after seeing, which was you know jumpers and and stuff like that. And it was as as hard as it was for all of us. She actually saw it happen. So uh, once once I knew she was okay, you know I started worrying about everybody else, family and friends. And you know fortunately nobody directly involved with with me were were were, uh, were affected by it. Yeah, that puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Sure it does, yeah. Uh, you, you interview, in an interview once that I read, uh, you said, and I defy anyone to show me anything more exciting than a great fight between wor- two world-class boxers. Do you still feel that way? Oh, most definitely. I, I, I don't think there are too many things that can match that. Um, you know, you want to say the two minutes of the Kentucky Derby, yeah, that's an amazing moment. Um and then, and you know, a Super Bowl is a spectacle, and et cetera. I mean, there are a lot of things in sports that are fantastic, but the beauty of a big fight is that it's it's both an event and a tremendous athletic competition. And going in, you know, because it's an individual sport, both guys, when they're both great fighters, are absolutely one hundred percent convinced they're going to win, mm-hmm. and one of them is going to be dead wrong. You know, sometimes there are close decisions, of course, which you could argue, but that that's the beauty of it for me. You know, I. I People ask me a lot of times, who do you like in a fight? And, and sometimes my answer is, how the hell do I know? You know, if, if I knew who was going to win, 
this sport would have a lot less appeal for me, for me because uh, I would know. And, and when you don't know, and it's a 50-50 fight, and we don't get that many of them, but we do get some, it's, it's tremendously thrilling because of, because of how high the stakes are in boxing. Yeah, you know, I... tennis, you know, Serena plays somebody else Saturday. They might play again the following week in the finals. You know, it's just the, the, the sense of urgency isn't there, and it is in boxing. Yeah, I, I am, uh, you know, as, as I told you, as a, as a college football coach and a guy who was involved in, in football my whole life uh, in sports, I, I still don't see, I mean, I love a team sport. I love how things fit together, but there isn't anything better for me than seeing two guys get into a ring and seek and, and just a matter of will and everything and making Yeah, happen. exactly. What you need to succeed. You know, obviously football, I'm a huge football fan, don't get me wrong. But in football, you know, you can have a Dan Marino who's one of the greatest pure passers in history and he never won a Super Bowl. Why? Because he didn't have the teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, in boxing it's it's up it's to the individual. There there's no there's no there are no excuses and there's nobody to point fingers to and it that that's why a lot of the athletes actually like the sport because they came from team sports like basketball and football and they said you know I, I want the I want the onus of responsibility of winning or losing on yes. myself and that they get that in boxing and that is really true I want to ask you about the current state of boxing and I I, I find it a bit of a paradox that boxers uh, are not household names like they used to be Ali Durant Leonard Dempsey Moore all right mm-hmm. yet. Yet, Steve, pay-per-view gates are enormous. Fans are packing stadiums and venues to see boxing matches. 90,000 in Wembley Stadium to watch Anthony Joshua. Yes. How, how is that? I can't grasp those two things and put them together because I think the popularity of the sport is, is as great as it has been in maybe 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yet... They're not the household names like Ali and the rest. Have you thought of that? Yeah, it's 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 a very legitimate and interesting point. Um, you know, with the exception of maybe Floyd Mayweather, and I guess you could argue Manny Pacquiao, for the last 10 to 15 years, how many boxers transcended the sport? Nowhere near as many as once did. Boxing is a marginalized sport. There's no doubt about it. I, I was told, you know, before I was around, I was told in the 40s and 50s, if you walked into a New York City sports bar, they were talking baseball or boxing, mm-hmm. and that was it. You know, the, nobody was talking football or basketball. I, I think, in some ways, boxing is always going to be around because it's an individual, star-driven sport. And if the right star comes around, he can lift the entire sport by himself, as Ray Leonard did, as Ali did, as Oscar De La Hoya did, as Mayweather and Pacquiao did. Um, but at the same time, boxing is not always its own best friend. And these other sports, these organized sports, have central bodies that look out for the long-term welfare of the sport and market it and deal with issues where boxing doesn't, Mm -hmm. never does. So that's one of the beauties of the sport, but it's also one of the weaknesses of the sport. And in terms of marketing and PR, I think that has caught up to boxing a little bit in in some ways, and that's why it maybe doesn't stand, although I think it's very strong right now, making a nice comeback, and it's very global today. Um, But I think that's why in America, at least, maybe it's not quite as high on the list of sports as other other sports are. Yeah, it's very fractured. You're right. I mean, with all the different egos, all the different belts, all the different organizations, uh, it's very fractured, and yet it still survives. I, I want to run down a list of names with you, if you if you don't mind. And, sure. and it's regardless in each weight class. But I think boxing, uh, I, I look at the stars, the boxers right now at all the divisions, and there's some great names. I mean, you've got 
Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, Canelo, Gennady Golovkin, the Charlo brothers, uh, all four of the middleweight belt holders, Crawford, Spence, Thurman, and Porter. And my pick for best pound-for-pound boxer, I think, in my mind, Mikey Garcia. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Leo Santa Cruz. Boxing has as many stars, I think, today uh, as they ever have, or, or maybe in all the time I remember. But across the board, there's talent in boxing now. Yes. Yeah, there's tremendous talent, and I would argue one of the main reasons for that is the globalization of boxing. For instance, you have a Golovkin and a, a Lomachenko, you know, Ukrainian and a Russian, who years ago would not have ever turned pro. But, you know, the, the, the removal of the Soviet Union created 15, 16 countries, whatever that is. And now all of a sudden you have, you know, not only dominance in the, in the amateur game by Kazakhs and, and Uzbekistan fighters and, and Ukrainians and Russians, but also the pro game. And the Cubans, you know, there have been times off and on where Cubans have been, have been able to, to come to America and fight. Now they, there are a lot more of them than there have ever been. And boxing is just absolutely huge in, in parts of Europe. You know, Germany, it's big, and cause, largely because of the Klitschko brothers. And, and then in England, you have Joshua, as you said. I was lucky enough to go to the Joshua Klitschko show, and that was, it was mind-boggling that 90,000 people were there. So it, it, the talent is there. Unfortunately, I think boxing doesn't do a very good job of marketing its talent. Yes. Um, it's, they have it's to a, do let's, it themselves, let's make a few don't bucks they, for ourselves business, and, and, and sometimes the, the bigger picture gets forgotten. And almost, it's up to the boxers in boxing to promote themselves. And instead of having a group of people who, box, who promote them, it's got to be like a Floyd Mayweather thing yeah. where you have to promote yourself. Well, I think the younger fighters today understand that and the reason they understand it is because they've been raised on social media and the power of social media while i'm not always a big fan of it i'm also 61 years old you know if you're 20 or 30 you grew up on this stuff and it's what you look for not only for your entertainment but for your news so you know the power of of facebook and the power of twitter and 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 instagram the younger fighters in general, the younger athletes, I think, in all sports, understand how to manipulate it, and it's a step closer to the fan base than it's ever been. You know, you directly you deal directly with your fan base as an athlete. So the fight, the younger fighters who get some of them get this, and and someone like Mayweather has used social media tremendously. Uh, you know, for to 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 sort of increase his brand. You you said I I heard you say, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but you said that you think Anthony Joshua is the top fighter today. Uh, oh, he's definitely I, a top fighter, yeah. I mean, do you think he is the top pound-for-pound pound fighter of all the fighters? Because I kind of think Mikey Garcia is, a, is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter today. Yeah, no, I would not put Joshua in the pound-for-pound pound top five or seven okay. or eight. Because one of the reasons is because he's a heavyweight. Deontay Wilder has the same problem. In the pound-for-pound pound consideration, they don't have the options that other fighters have. You know, Mikey Garcia has won titles at several weights. A heavyweight is a heavyweight. So it's much harder, I think, until Joshua and Wilder fight each other. You know, I, I wouldn't put either one in the top five. Although Wilder, having faced Luis Ortiz last time and now facing Tyson Fury, that's the two toughest opponents of his career, so I give him a lot of credit for that, and he deserves pound-for-pound pound consideration. But, yeah, Mikey, Lomachenko, Errol Spence, these fighters, uh, you know, Golovkin, obviously, although he did, did lose a decision to Canelo. These are the, these are the top fighters in the world, no yeah. doubt about it, pound-for-pound. Pound. I do want to ask you one question. I, I, I think I'd be remiss not to ask you this while I have you is, 
to me, it was very sad to see HBO cancel its boxing product. Mm-hmm. Now, I love Showtime. I love the group that you have on Showtime. I, I uh, the camaraderie, the 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 mix, the chemistry with Al Bernstein and everybody, and you and all the people that are involved in Showtime. But but there was a a you could get more fights. For a fight fan like myself, you know, there were certain Saturdays when HBO had a fight, Showtime didn't. Sure. Will Showtime now offer more fights and, and kind of pick up those boxers like Canelo and Triple G? Uh, who will pick up the slack? Well, that'll be interesting to see. Um, look, uh, there was a part of me that was very saddened by HBO's uh, the demise of HBO Boxing. We all grew up with HBO, and then they did fantastic work both in terms of fights and production. There's no doubt about that. You know, they were around for 40-something years. You don't just dismiss something like that. Um, as far as the fighters, some of the fighters to be picked up, yeah, I, I, I hope. I, I can tell you this. Showtime, Stephen Espinosa has said this, so I'm not breaking any news here. There will be more of a commitment to boxing by Showtime in 2019 than there's ever been. And, and that's not all on Showtime. Some of that is on the Showtime platforms, you know, the, the, the Facebook page, streaming fights. Um, it, it's a new world. You know, it's not all about, I mean, look at the zone, you know, streaming fights and asking mm-hmm. for 10 bucks a month. It's a new thing. So it's not all about television anymore. It's about, you know, multiple devices and, and you know, the young people know how to use this and use, and expect it. So uh, it's not just television anymore. It's not just Showtime. It's not just ESPN. It's it's multiple platforms of of delivering the product. Yeah, and and I, you know, again, I was saddened by that, but I'm I'm hoping that the slack gets picked up. I'm going to miss. Oh, it will. It's it's a very strong time right now, and a lot of the people who are involved in boxing, um, Showtime, DAZN, Al Heyman, you know, Fox now doing primetime, ten primetime shows a year. They have deep pockets, and you need that in boxing because you're not going to hit a home run every time. Yeah, Steve, I, I uh, my my bucket list item, my, and I have talked to other people about this. Is I talked to Al Bernstein about it when I had him on. I mm-hmm. said my bucket list, my number one bucket list item in my lifetime, is to be at Wembley Stadium when Anthony Joshua fights Deontay Wilder. I will, I am going to do everything I possibly can to get to that fight. I I want to be there. I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens, but that is uh that's my bucket list. I, well, that's a good choice. I agree. <laughs> now, I agree. I, I'm not so sure we can't assume the fight will be in Wembley, although you'd think, you know, 80,000, 90,000. It could go to Vegas, and the economics, of course, will dictate everything, but the reason it could go to Vegas is in Vegas, at the T-Mobile arena, let's say, 20,000 people can bring in as much money as 80 or 90,000 at Wembley. Oh, so it's, it's all economics. You know, Joshua's going to want to fight at home, and Wilder's going to want to fight here, and they'll negotiate. And I do hope the fight happens, you know, because if you look at boxing history, with rare exceptions, the big fights, because of dollars and no other reason, the big fights usually get made. And that is obviously as big a fight as you can make. Oh, I agree. So I, I think we'll see it. The problem is sometimes they wait so long that it's no longer relevant. Yeah. Like well, Pacquiao Mayweather. Yeah, it came came a little late. And let's face it, Deontay Wilder is, is under under a threat here from Tyson Fury, December 1st, yes. Showtime pay-per-view. That's not an easy fight. Tyson Fury would make anybody you look bad, and and that's you know that that's a real problem. I mean, Vegas has made Wilder only less than a two to one favorite. Wow. So that tells you all you need to know. He's risking something here, and and you know I give him credit for taking the fight because Fury is you know I, I, he hasn't been around much because of 
a lot of personal issues, but he's a dangerous guy. Yes, and Steve Farhood, thank you. Congratulations uh, on over 40 years of great oh, coverage. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you, Joe, and I will see you ringside at Joshua. I whether, will, whether it's in London or Vegas, you'll be there. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I will see you. And, and many thanks and uh, much more success to you, Steve. Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate it. Great Take talking care. to you. Get your phone fingers ready. It's contest time. Boy, we are giving away two tickets to see Cher live in concert February 6th at Quicken Loans Arena. And I'm going to take caller number nine. Number nine? Number nine? Wasn't that the Beatles? I believe you are. I'm correct. doing this. I'm 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 blanking out calls. So we've we've gone through three. We've gone through four. We've gone through five. We've gone through six. Oh, what if I blank them all out and they don't call back? Seven, we've gone eight. through seven, eight. What's your name, please? Hello. Hello. Yes. How are you? What's your name, please? Noreen Masco. Noreen, how are you? I think I'll be good as soon as you announce it. <laughs> as soon as I announce what? I'm the winner. Well, you have to answer the questions first. Oh. <laughs> Did you hear the answers? No. No. All right. I'm going to give them to you anyway. And if you get these right, you will win. If you don't, then I have to go to the next one. What name was Cher given at birth? Her first name. I'll say Vivian, but I know it's not right. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, what's your name, please? Yeah. What's your name? Paul. Paul? Yes, sir. How are you, Paul? I'm doing wonderful. How about you, Joe? I'm wonderful. Do you, do you have? Did you get the answers earlier? Yes, sir. Ah, you're the man. What name was Cher given at birth? Her first name. Sherilyn. Yes. What is Cher's biggest hit? Believe. Yes, sir. You're the man. Who was Cher's first husband? That would be Sonny Bono. You got it. Paul, you have just won two tickets to see Cher live February 6th at the Q. That's outstanding. I know it is. I'm excited for you. I am uh, I'm going to put you on hold and uh Sean is going to get all your information. He's going to tell you how you can get your tickets, the whole thing. He's going to take down all your information. So do not hang up. Okay, I'm on hold. Standing by. All right. Have a wonderful new year. You too, Joe. Thank you so much, Paul. All right. All right. He's on hold. I um. I wanted to get into, you know, TV shows. Top Top 10 TV shows. The number one TV show. According to critics, 
television critics. Atlanta. Never heard of it. I know. Two, Killing Eve. Never heard of that. (laughs) The Americans. That one I've heard of. I think that's a Showtime or Amazon. It's FX. Oh, it's FX? Now, what's funny is most of these TV shows in the top ten, none of them... Well, one's CBS and one's NBC, your traditional. Everything else is HBO, HBO. The Good Place? Yeah, that's NBC. All right. Yeah, my daughter loves that show. Okay. That's number four. Barry? No idea. That's HBO. Pose? Pose? P-O-S-E? Yeah. No idea. FX. I've never heard of these shows. I know. Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's a spinoff of um, Breaking Bad. Okay. Sharp Objects. It's HBO. Succession. No idea. I love that show. It's HBO. Um, The Good Fight. No idea. CBS. Glow. That's a Netflix. Yes. And that was that's an amazing. I grew up watching Glow, so to watch that, it's it's kind of neat. Homecoming. No idea. I'm going deeper now. The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, another Netflix, and that's another amazing. The Marvelous Mrs. Mays. That's uh, Amazon, I believe. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, though. It looks good. The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Is that an HBO one? FX. FX. Okay. FX has got a bunch. Uh, so that that's it. I mean... What's amazing to me when I look at the top shows of 2018, they're not your traditional. We have completely changed how we watch things. One sitcom, and that's The Good Place. The rest are dramas, and it's the only comedy that I think it's on there. They're either horror stories, dramas, or documentary-type shows. Yeah. And, um, and they're all... yes. Non-traditional ways of viewing. Netflix, Amazon, HBO, FX, AMC. No longer the networks. These are top ten shows by the TV critics. And that totally blows me away. It really does. we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this show. I've got some other things. Uh, Top ten movies, which I don't... These aren't the movies I would pick, but apparently these are the movies that the critics pick. Well, I have a feeling yours would be Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, <laughs> Creed, Creed 2, <laughs> Raging Bull. Uh, and, and, and all the um, all the comic book Teen Wolf movies. Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> Come on. Teen Wolf 2? No. Well, he was I've a never, boxer in Teen Wolf 2. I've never seen Teen Wolf. Oh. I've never seen it. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hear it all. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. All right. We are working towards the end of the show. I saw a movie. Speaking of movies, it was recommended to me, and I don't know why I never watched it before, but I did. Kill Bill and Kill Bill 2. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was glued to that. Quentin Tarantino. It was unbelievable. 
two movies. I couldn't stop watching. I was like glued to very it. Very violent, but a very good storytelling. Yes. With uh, Uma Thurman, the main character. Yeah, and how yeah. it kept bouncing back and yes. forth and doing all those things. And then two kind of filled in where one left off. And it, it, was, a, it was a great movie. Now, they listed the top movies. Thunder Road. Thunder Road? Yeah, Eighth Grade. Zama. First Reformed. You Were Never Really Here, Cold War, The Rider, Love After Love, Annihilation, and uh, there's another one, but I but I, I don't know any of those. I have never heard of any. No, I know. And so I look at those and I'm saying, well, where is like Creed 2? Where is, uh, you know, where are some of those other movies that, that I absolutely love? I guess I don't fit into those i'm i'm thinking like i really liked venom mm-hmm. i like black panther i like the darkest hour i liked mission impossible fallout i like that aquaman ready player one i liked but and there's so many more right i mean i love the marvel movies I love Deadpool because of the humor in it. Yes. Um, I, I, uh, you know, there's, I just, I guess I'm not. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because I, I don't hit the movie theaters very often. I don't hit the movie theaters at all. And I'm but, just trying to think of what came out this year. Because I, I, I went and saw Avengers. Um, yeah. Infinity Wars? Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I think Gary and I talked about this. He absolutely loved it. He thought it was the best Avengers ever. I thought it wasn't. Um, I thought there was other Avengers that were better. I think yeah. they got really cheesy on some of the special effects. They could have been better. My favorite out of all those was were those uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. and Guardians of the Galaxy, especially Guardians of the Galaxy. When that little little guy was that little twig guy, I am Groot. When he was dancing <laughs> during the fighting. Oh my gosh! I was dying. I was I was crying, I, laughing. I can't remember the character's name, but it's Dave Batista, the former pro wrestler, who's the big guy. Yeah, and he's moving so slow, and they're like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "If I move really slow, you won't see me." <laughs> and I just and he's so serious about everything he says. It was hilarious. Stan yeah. Lee died. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, so he's not going to be in any of those movies anymore. No. But that was uh, uh, we did talk to Michelle Polino from Fox News. Uh, you know, the new <clears throat> Endgame Avengers is coming out. A new Spider Man's coming out, and they said they are going to be able to get him in those two at least. Okay. So they've got the the apparently they know how they're going to get his cameos in there now. Um, whether I'm it's sure they could do it or what. Yeah, because they put other people in movies. They put uh, didn't they? Didn't they put uh, Princess Leia yeah, in the Star Wars after so. after Carrie Fisher died? I think they could do that that stuff now. They could do all those different things. Um, by the way, I was going to talk to you about I I I had an offer from uh, from Showtime from the people of Showtime to go and get a press pass. Uh, they were going to give me a press pass to go up to Detroit and and to a a, a women's. Uh, championship fight. Really? Yeah, and I said no because I was saving it because I'm calling them back as soon as Anthony Joshua fights 
Deontay Wilder. (laughs) I am going to take them up on that. And when Steve Farhood said, I'll see you at ringside, he doesn't know he's going to see me at ringside. (laughs) (laughs) And I have actually told them, if Pauli Malinaji, who is a great boxer, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, a fellow Paisan, and I said, if he ever gets sick, I'm your uh, analyst. I'm going to be there. So I'm I'm working on that. I'm working them over to get onto that, uh, to get in that fight. We've got callers. I yeah. wonder. If, we we've got one minute, so we don't so have right. time for callers. All right. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I want to thank Sean Gilbert for everything he does for J. David Ress. I want to thank my guest Steve Farhood and um, my old coach Johnny Majors. I want to wish you all a very happy and safe new year and i'll talk to you next year have a great one folks i'll talk to you next year